The scriptures tells us that as believers, we are promised life, but not just life, but life abundant. But what does that look like? Today on the THP Online Community Podcast, Pastor Matt is going to talk about that. Hello and welcome to your THP Online Community Podcast. This is Dallas here. So glad to have you guys here with us today. Today's podcast is a segment from our online worship gathering. It takes place every Sunday morning here at The Healing Place. Uh, you can check it out at thpstreetport.com. And in this one, Pastor Matt actually spoke and he brought a fantastic word as he continues our series, God's Promises. We really want to encourage you guys, though, to lean in to today's message. If you want the notes, you can visit our website, thpstreetport.com, where you can check out the notes. But listen to what Matt is saying. Don't just copy down the things that he says, but really listen and let the Lord speak to you through this message. Write down what the Lord is speaking to you. We really believe here at The Healing Place that the Lord speaks to people in their own individual ways. And that as you lean into the Lord, as you listen clearly, you'll find freedom and hope and true healing. Hey everybody, Matt here at THP. I just want to thank you for inviting me to where you are today. And we have had a great time up to this point, worshiping the Lord together, finding out some things that's going on here at the Healing Place and online for the online community. And again, I just want to thank you as we get into this today's message. We want to just dive in. But we first of all, we want to recap last week's promise our friend Bob Sorge, what an incredible time we had with him this past week. If you hadn't had a chance, go back last week and, and watch that, uh, that broadcast. It'll bless you. It'll challenge you. Uh, incredible testimony and incredible word. We want to jump right into this week's promise. Well, let me read last week's promise. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What an incredible promise for Easter. Wow, incredible, incredible. So let's walk in that promise. What is this week's promise? This week's promise is John chapter 10, verse 10. Open your Bible if you have it. It'll be up on your screen to help us out for those who don't have it right in front of us. But let's read that together. John 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. More abundantly. Man, that's worth reading again. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, that's Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. So let's break that down just a little bit. Let's look at what the meaning of some of these words uh, in, in this passage mean in the Greek. Thief, it means a stealer. It even says that, to steal. In the, in the verse that we're looking at. It means to steal. He comes for, this, uh, for these reasons, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So to steal, that means it's a filch. It's a, uh, 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 actually to steal something, especially in a sly way. 
You know, it's kind of one of those sneaky, sly ways. And a filch is also, there's also something that uh, is, is, a, is an instrument. It's a filch. It, it's a, a rod that has a hook on the end most of the time so that you can reach up. Old, old timers used to reach up into windows in the, in the olden days, and they'd grab things that weren't theirs. They would steal. That's why it's called a filch. What about kill? To kill means to kill, to immolate, especially by fire. Wow. Now we're getting into the, to the meat of things, to sacrifice, to slaughter, to slay. Wow, that's, that's pretty graphic. But that's what kill means, and to destroy. Not just to destroy like you, got a, you made a Lego you know, building and you just... No, it means to, to completely obliterate. To, to lit, both literally and figuratively. So that's what those words are meaning. What about that they, might, they, that they might have? That they might have is a phrase that Jesus uses to, to tell us that we have the opportunity that they might have to hold, to grab a hold. That's what that means, to hold fast, to, to grab a hold of it and not to let go. That's what that, that they might have means. So that they might have, and the next thing is abundant life. You know what that means in the Greek? Super abundant. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of silly, but that's what it means. It means superior than the, anything you can imagine. That's what it means. By implication, it means excessive, an excessive life. Wow. This is what's happening all in that one passage. But let's look at the context of it. Let's jump back to verse 1. John chapter 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name. Let's stop right there. I think that's so incredible because whether you think anyone else knows your name, Jesus knows your name. Jesus knows your name. And every one of us, he knows our name. I'm going to invite my friends, Ba and Baha, to help me out uh, as, I, as I continue. So don't let these guys be a distraction. These are just my friends, okay? Ba and Baha. All right, here we go. Verse 4, and when, and when he brings them out, uh, out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. They will follow Jesus, but they're not going to follow a stranger. They will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger. Jesus used this illustration but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. That's in verse 6. So he's giving them this analogy, and he says, hey, listen, there's only one shepherd, and he comes through the door, and if, and if someone comes over that gate or they climb through a hole or they dig underneath or something like that, they're not the shepherd. They're a thief. They're coming for other reasons than to lead you. And we should know them as believers. If you follow the Lord Jesus Christ and you have given your heart to him and you're walking in your identity, you will have developed or you will develop the ability to hear his voice and he will lead us. So verse 7, it says, And then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, 
I am the door of the sheep. So you give him one analogy. Now he's giving another one. He says, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever, all whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. There's those terms again, a thief and a robber. They come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But um, Robert, and, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, verse 9 says. If anyone enters by me, by who? By Jesus, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And then comes our promise. Verse 10. Verse 10 says, the thief comes to kill. It does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Man, if you're following along, type in more abundantly. Right now, A-B-U-N-D-A-N-T-L-Y because I sometimes get a little out of, out of whack. So he continues in verse 11. That's the first part of, of, of our context. Then we have our promise, and then we are, are following through. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. What does that mean? He says that no matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter what you're going through, he is there. You, you can be going through the greatest time in your life. Man, you go on cloud nine, and you're loving life, and everything is good. He's there. You could be in the lowest valley. You can be in a pit, and he's there. And that's what he's saying. He's the good shepherd. But a hireling, verse 12, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep, and he scatters them. Wow. So in verse 13, he clarifies, and he says, a hire, the hireling flees because the hireling does not care about the sheep. That we, we should, we should uh, realize that God loves us so much. He sent the good shepherd, and that good shepherd will never leave us. But those who, who haven't paid the price for us, they'll leave us. As much as we care for some of those folks, as much as we care for some of those things that we're involved in, as much as we care for, for some of those uh, people and places that we're, that we're around, Jesus is the one who paid his life, who gave his life for us. So he is our good shepherd. You know, I want to pause and just remind us of this. Every promise that we've had up to this point is, has been conditional. And let me explain that a little bit. The promise is 100% true. But the implementation of the promise in our lives is 100% conditional. The implementation the process of moving an idea from a concept to reality. That's what that, that implementation of the promise means. And so, so what did we say about that they might, that they might have to hold on? So our promises that we have, we have to walk in those and hold on to them. And as we do that, that's when those promises are fulfilled in our lives. Are you holding on to the promises that we've had up to this point? You know, maybe, um, maybe we say, how do I do that? Well, I want to help us this more, or today and on how 
do we have abundant life? That's the question that I have today. How do we have abundant life? The promise is for us, right? But how do we walk in it? How do we, how do we believe and identify? Uh, I'm sorry, how do we walk in those promises that we have? And I believe it's that we identify and examine some people, some places, and some things in our lives. And I think as we do that today, it'll help us walk and, and have an abundant life. So we're going to look at some people, some places, and things. If, you're, uh, if, you, if you would, just type in one of those words, people, places, things. And, and that'll, that'll give our, our moderators an opportunity just to connect with you a little bit. But as we, as we do this, let's, let's identify some stealers. If you're taking notes, write that down. Identifying stealers. People. Matthew chapter 10, verses 34, starting in verse 34. Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 34. Do not think that I come to bring peace on earth. This is Jesus talking. He says, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemy will be those of his own household. You know, what, you know where that's from? That's actually from the Old Testament. Micah chapter 7, verse 6. Go look it up. But Jesus is quoting this prophecy because he wants to, he wants to teach us and tell us, listen, not everybody is going is to be nice to you. Not everybody is going to accept you and your Jesus. And he's pointing that out. And, and some of those people who are the closest to us can be stealers. Man, we want, we want to love our family and we want to love our kids and, and those who are super close as friends. But sometimes Jesus tells us, man, they're, they're not giving life. They're stealing. They're stealing these things. And to finish that out, he says, and he, sorry, verse 37, he who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He's giving us a picture here of where Jesus needs to sit in our life as it has to do with our priority. And he is number one. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. He gave his life for us. So people sometimes can be stealers. Let's examine maybe right now some of the people. Now, don't be judgmental. I don't want you to be judgmental. I want you just to examine your life and identify some people maybe in your life, not necessarily family, maybe it is, but friends, acquaintances, maybe some people on social media that are stealing rather than helping you walk an abundant life. Let's, let's next look at some places. Matthew chapter 10, verse 12. Let's start there. Matthew 10, verse 12. And when you go into a household, greet it. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. If, if the household is worthy, let your peace be upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, House or city, that's going to be important here a little later. Shake off the dust from your feet. Shake them off. And we were talking about uh, 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 family members and friends, you know, those, those people who are stealers. There are also places that can steal the joy and the peace from your life. You know, maybe, um, uh, maybe, some of the, uh, maybe you're thinking about some of those places that, you're, that you visit right now. Maybe those, you're thinking about some of those areas where where you uh where you're 
you're thinking about and saying, man, maybe that's not the greatest place for me. But let's look at Matthew chapter 13. Turn over there just real quick. Verse 57, let's mention this. So they, offer, they, they, offend, they were offended at him. This is uh, some folks looking at Jesus. They were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. And in his own house, some of us can relate to that wholeheartedly. You know, the places of familiarity can actually steal some life for us if we don't watch it. You know, if, we're, if our home is not structured in a way that is, if it's not structured properly, you know that that place can be a place that steals that joy and that peace and that life. So I just want us to think about and examine some of these things that can be stealers. Any place that rejects Jesus can be a life stealer. Any place. The world can steal life. Steal. Now, when I say steal, I, you know, I'm, I'm from Louisiana. So when I say steal, sometimes it sounds like I'm Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not what I'm saying. I mean steal, taken away, okay? So I just want to clarify that. But all those places, some of those places, not all of them, some of them can be stealers. Let's look at things, people, places, and now we're on things. Luke. Chapter 12, verse 15. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take heed and be aware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Let me say that again. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Covetousness is all about other people's stuff. And when we get into wanting those things, and maybe you were looking at someone and said, man, I just got to have that. You know, those things can be stealers. And I'm not, and so we're talking specifically about stuff, material things, possessions. You know what else is stuff? Indulgences, indulgence of the flesh. We'll talk about that here in this next scripture, Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. The, he, he, this is Paul talking to uh, some folks. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, what is he saying? If you say you are saved and you follow Jesus, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Now, he's not talking about biblical stuff. He's talking about things, and he, he says it here, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, all of which are... Uh, all of which concern things which perish when using according to the commandments and doctrine of men. So there are going to be people and places and now things that require things of you that are just not necessary. And as we, as we do those things to maybe take on an appearance of, of being religious, and he says that as well, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self, uh, self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but he clarifies this and he says, but are of no value against the indulgences of the flesh. So we can put on the face, but if you are in Christ, you recognize that there are things that we just ought not to be involved in. There are things that we ought not to do. Not the, the superficial things, you know, something that maybe uh, someone disagrees with and, or, or, or those things. I'm talking about biblical stuff. Man, sin is sin is sin, and that's what indulgences of the flesh means. It means sin. So let me say this. The absence of stuff 
or material things and possessions doesn't mean that you will have life. Because there are some who say, well, you, you, you have too much stuff. And you, you, all you do is, you know, you're, you're, you think you're blessed because you have a lot of money. You have a lot of stuff. I'm not saying that, that an abundance of those material things means that you have life. And I'm also saying that it doesn't mean, uh, that it doesn't determine whether those things steal or give life. What you do with those things determines whether it steals or gives life. So you can have a lot of stuff, or you can say, or you can have not have a lot of stuff. And, and not having a lot of stuff doesn't mean that you're going to have life. Having a lot of stuff, to, but what you do with it means or, or determines whether it gives life or steals life or gives life. So let's identify some life givers. We've identified some life stealers. Let's identify some life givers. Baha, you doing okay? Cool. If Baha, B-A-A-A-A-H-H, if you want to. And then Baha, ha, ha, So anyway, back to the message. It says, or let's look at some people. In 2 Corinthians verse 1, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Let's talk about some people, life givers. Blessed, blessed be the God who is God. He's the Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is he? He's the Son. The Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Who is that? Holy Spirit. Verse 4, who comforts us all, uh, all comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, any trouble, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In other words, Holy Spirit is in us. We can comfort people. Why? Because God is a life giver. Jesus is a life giver. Holy Spirit is a life giver. And those who have God, the Father God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit should be life givers. So not just life gives, so it's very easy. Those are uh, pointed out, God, Father, Holy Spirit, they're life givers. What about people who have them? Well, yeah. How do you recognize them? They're people of the light. Paul speaking to the Philippians. He says this. Now, we've, we've talked about the Spirit, man, God, Father, Holy Spirit. Now the people. Let's look at people. Because what we just talked about, God, Jesus, Jesus is a person. Holy Spirit is a person. But Paul, he's talking to, to, to some folks, the Philippians. He says, do all these things without complaining and, dis, and, and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine like lights in the world, holding fast to the word. Remember what I said, the world, man, it can pull, it can pull things away from you. But Jesus was there, and he overcame. <clears throat> and so whatever, wherever you are, that place should be a place that brings life. Wherever you are, as a believer. Now, maybe you're listening today, and you're not a believer. And you say, well, I, I want to believe. I want to have abundant life. We'll get to that. Let's look at, those, those, are, some, some, um, those are some places. Okay, let's look at let's look at some those are some people. Let's look at some places. Matthew chapter five. Okay, you shine in the light in the world, holding fast, holding fast. Remember that they might have hold fast to the word of life. Places. Matthew chapter five, verse fourteen. You are the light of the world. 
Me? I'm the light of the world? Yes, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine, so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. People who glorify God, who are lights, who are shining, they are life givers. They are life givers. It doesn't matter if you're a city light. What is a city light? City light is a, is a super bright light. When you look at a city in the, in the distance, you can see lights all over the place. It lights up a, a huge area. You know, there are some who are city lights. And, and you, maybe you have a big personality that God has just given you, and you are, you're blessed because you care to, to shine the light to everything that's around you. But, you know, most of us, we're, we're house lights. <laughs> most of us are, I'll, I'll, and all of us are house lights, but most of us function as house lights. And we say, you know what, I am responsible for my family, and I want my family to see the light of Jesus. That's all of our responsibilities, to show our family Jesus. But some are city lights, and some are house lights. But you know what? We don't compare the brightness of our lights compared to other lights. We com- how, how sh- bright it shines to other lights. We don't compare it that way. We, com- we look at how bright our light shines in the darkness. That's what matters. So wherever you are, you bring light. To those areas and you bring life. Let's look at some things. People, God, Father, Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, all those answers. People, people who love the Lord, who are functioning and walking in their calling, and things. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful. All things are lawful. He's not talking about sin. He's talking about the things in the, in the law that are lawful. I can do these things because they're legal for me to do. For me, but not all things are, they're not all helpful. All things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I'm not going to be brought under the power of any. You know, the power, there is power in the things that were involved in. I said that earlier. The things that are involved in that we're involved in matter. If you're in areas and your places and you're with people and you're with things, just right, right, right here, there's things that we can be involved in that that should give us life. However, there are things that we we need to recognize where those things are positioned in our life. Food, verse thirteen, foods for the foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. That's what they're made for, right? But God will destroy both uh, both it and them. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. They were made for one another. You, maybe you're at a place where you say, you know, I hear all this Jesus talk, and I hear all this Lord talk, and Father and Son and Holy Spirit talk. What do you mean by that? Listen, and all of us, we need to recognize that we have been created, that God had created us, and if we're not functioning in him, we're missing something, and we're longing for something. And what I'm talking about today is, is, that, is that fulfilling of what you're longing for. So that's what I mean, and that's what this scripture is talking about, that our body was made for the Lord, and the Lord 
for the body, verse 14, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Who is the Lord? Jesus. Our bodies were made for Jesus to serve him, to love him. He was made for us. He came and he died for us. So once again, what do you do with yourself and the things that you have? They determine whether it steals or gives life. That's what it determines. Those, what you do with them. You know, how they're prioritized in your life. People, places, and things all in one message. Or all in one passage. This is my second to the last one, and then we're going to read our promise. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. And if you're still following along in, 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 uh, online, just, just type blessed. B-L-E-S-S-E-D. Blessed. I'm going to pronounce it blessed because that sounds more uh, bible So blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly, who does not walk. Let me start over. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly people, nor stands in the path of sinners, places, nor sits in the seat of the scornful places. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Things. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He meditates. What is he doing? What is he involved in? What are the things that he's doing? He's meditating. Verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. What is that starting to sound like? Abundant life. And whatever he does shall prosper. Guys, this is what we, this is what will help us maintain an abundant life. and Hold on to that promise of abundant life. When we identify these things in our life, people, places, and things, are they stealing life or are they giving life? And our promise John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, I have come that they might have life, that they may hold on to, to life and superabundance of life and that they may have it more abundantly. To have abundant life, we simply decide to walk in this promise. Is it easy? No, not really. We have to, we have to examine and and maybe even change some things. But then we walk, we walk away from those things. If we find some people, places, and things that we identify, and we say, you know what? I don't want to be involved in that. Make that decision today. You write it down. You know, if you if you if God has spoken to you today, maybe, maybe you sense something and you're like, you know what? I feel like I feel like I need to make a change. Man, reach out to one of our moderators. Let them know, you know, in the chat. Maybe you wanna, maybe you wanna say, I'm walking away from. From, from stealers right now. I'm walking away from things that steal. How do we, and, th- and then what we do when we walk in abundant life, man, we, we, we identify those stealers in our life. We turn loose of them and we turn away from them and then we identify the life givers and we run to them and we hold fast to them. Those people, those places, those things and we hold fast to them. I, today, want abundant life. 
if you say, I want abundant life, maybe you're walking in that and you're walking out that abundant life, awesome. You're walking that promise and you're holding on fast. But maybe some are not. If you're here listening to this and you say, I want Jesus, I want to start walking in my identity in Jesus. It's very simple. We say yes to him. And we say no to things that steal. And we ask him to take those things in our heart that steal life, the sin, because he paid for it. You know, the destruction, because he paid for it. Those things that kill us, he paid, for, he paid the price for us. And we say, Lord, forgive me. And I want to walk in you. I want to love you. Teach me how to do that. Then he says, they will be saved. I promise from last week, Romans 10 verse 9, in conjunction with today, he comes to give life and life more abundantly. That's our promise. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that through this brief time that we've had together, Lord, that you have spoken in many ways to people. Maybe it was just a feeling. Maybe it was directly through your word. Maybe it was a thought that came. But through all this, people today have said, I want to identify some things in my life and I want to walk an abundant life because I've recognized that some of, those, some of that stuff is keeping me from walking in this promise. I know that you paid the price for me. And I know that you want me to have abundant life. And I, but I want to implement that in my life. So if that's you today, just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I want to walk an abundant life. I know it's only because of you. I know that you are the one who gives life. And I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you've prayed a prayer like that for the first time, or maybe this is your first time praying a prayer like that, or you've prayed that many times. Regardless, you can walk in abundant life. His word says so. I'm, in, I'm, re, uh, I'm affirming that in your life today. You matter to the Lord. He knows your name. Just like Ba and Baha, you know their names. Now. Jesus knows your name. Walk in that. We're going to go back into a time of worship with our team. We want to encourage everyone just to, to, to walk out this promise and let's worship together as we close out this online now. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. If it's encouraged you or challenged you, hey, do us a favor and let us know. Reach out to us on any of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for THP Report and we'll love to hear from you. Also, I want to encourage you guys to reach out to us via email, mediahub at thpshreport.com. Finally, I want to encourage you guys, if you want to help support the ministry of The Healing Place, visit our website, thpshreveport.com. We just went through a huge upgrade. Like, I mean, it's a massive facelift on the entire website. And I want you to check it out. Let us know what you guys think about it. And all that being said, have a fantastic week.